On this week's Reggae Lounge is a lady who is riding the quest of a wave. But Andy Greaves' journey to the broadcasting top certainly didn't come overnight. In fact, whilst on her journey, Angie has made a lot of firsts. Her career started at the BBC as an administrator, where she moved to Capital Radio and was discovered by radio legend David Kidd Jensen. Angie then went on to become the first DJ on Spectrum Radio to then create another first where she presented the Angie Greaves Breakfast Show on Choice FM, London's first urban radio station. Angie then returned to the BBC to present the Angie Sunday magazine show on BBC London and a couple of years later she presented her weekly music show on BBC Three Counties Radio where, and I'm sure she will agree, she worked with some fabulous people. And let's not forget, Angie also co-presented the very popular comedy show, The A-Force, on BBC Two. In fact, Angie has certainly earned her broadcasting wings, and you can currently find her presenting the Drive Time show on the Smooth Network. Also, you may hear her dulcet tones on the odd voiceover. But for now, let's welcome the lady herself to the Regular Lounge podcast, Ms. Angie Greaves. Oh, I'm out of path. We've done that much. How are you, my darling? I'm really, really well. Wow, what an introduction. I'm thinking, I've got to meet this person, are we? <laughs> if it, I'm sure I haven't even touched on all of everything you've done, because I know you've done a lot of broadcasting, Yeah, which is fabulous. Um, I think broadcasting came naturally to me mm. when I was little. I can always remember sitting around the dinner table talking and my mum used to say, Angela Mort meant to eat, not to dark too much. And <laughs> In fact, actually, that's, that's, that's a good place to start because I always, you know, when people say, because obviously with our generation, we had these, you know, these jobs, what, um, like office jobs or nursing jobs, or do you know what I mean? We never, mm. our careers, well, certainly not my careers teacher. I remember I said to my careers teacher, oh, um, you know, I love reading and everything. She goes, yes, I know you do. You, why don't you work in a library? Nothing wrong with being a librarian of all the things you could have come up with. So I was wondering, you know, did you get any advice from your teachers at such an um, early age? Well, Angie, have you tried broadcasting? No, it, that broadcasting was never something that was put into my mind. It was never um, a passion that was shared. It was never a suggestion. Mm -hmm. It was always something academic. No problem in having an academic Mm -hmm. career. But I think as I started to get older, and especially after I'd done a lot of secretarial work at Capital, Mm. um, which, you know, we're talking about the Euston Tower days. So we're talking about the late 80s here. My God. Yes, Lord, where's time flown? (laughs) Having done secretarial work, you know, I I went to Capital for six months to a year because my instruction, and I say that with no apology, my instruction from my mother was go and find a job, put some money aside, mm-hmm. and then pay for some training to be a teacher mm-hmm. or a doctor mm-hmm. or a nurse or a job mm-hmm. that people are always going to want to need. That's good advice. So, yeah, it was good advice. It was great very advice. Forward, very forward thinking. Absolutely. So... I went and I got this temporary job at Capital Radio. Um, and my mission was to stay there for between six months to a year. And I was squirreling away, squirreling away. And then I realized 18 months later, I was still there. And two years later, I was still there. And my mom hadn't said to me, when are you, le- you going to leave and go and get a proper job? <laughs> Just in case you hadn't realised, we're from Barbados. Oh, yeah, but anyway. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing, and, isn't it? So go carry on, carry on. And um, I was in the HR office, because that's where I started out, and I was doing an impression of Mammy from Gone with the Wind oh. talking to Prissy. So, you know, one minute I'm talking like this, and oh. then the next 
coming in. I'm like, oh, Miss Scan. And I didn't realise Jeff Graham were behind the door listening. And they just said, you've got to record that. You've got to record that. So you Jeff Graham is, was he a presenter too, Jeff Graham? Yeah, he no. used to do the overnights okay. at the time. So he said, you know, they both said, you've got to record that because we thought that there was two people in the room. <laughs> wow. So just literally a chance you yeah. just happened to break into in conversation with somebody. Yeah. And your I career was, telling, was born. Yeah. I was telling a temp at the time that, you know, at that time, one of my favourite movies was Gone with the Wind. And I just love Mammy. And I love Chrissy. And um, wow. <laughs> that was it. That that was it. So It was meant to be, Angie. And here we are, Erica. And, and I did lots of voiceovers using that American accent for initially Jeff Graham. And then David Jensen, Nick Brown, Pat Sharp. I mean, it just got got crazy. And and have you sent Christmas cards to David Kid Jensen, Jeff Graham, Pat Sharp ever since? We <laughs> we keep in touch. Yeah. I am at the moment uh, compiling a book of radio legends. Nice. In my mind, mm-hmm. the legends that I listened to the legends that I listened to and eventually worked with, mm. and then people who listened to me. Um, so they will then carry on the baton because people will then start listening to them. So the cycle will continue because I do think that the audio business has been the strongest definitely during the pandemic. Mm. Um, and I digress. So I have been... I talked to Pat Sharp. We, we ring each other. These aren't people who... Thank you for elevating me. Goodbye. I have a radio family. Mm-hmm. And these people are members of my radio family. Um, and because radio is a family. Yes. And the way I describe that is the thread that runs through family is love. Yeah. And you work with people in radio who you don't get on with all the time. Mm -hmm. But the thread is we need to make sure what comes out of the mic is pristine. Yeah. So that thread keeps you going, whether that be the audio side of radio, the digital side of radio, the sponsorship side of radio, even the visual side of radio. Now that social media has played such a great part in radio. So, you, your common ground, your common thread is to get that end presentation piece through the mic sounding pristine. What happens behind closed doors? What happened in mm-hmm. that meeting? What happened at the coffee machine? Mm-hmm. What happened at the... Not interested. The listener's not interested. Yeah. And how many times have we experienced, you know, or heard other shows who have let their, like you say their backroom problems come out on the air because you can hear it listeners oh, aren't silly absolutely. you can hear it so yeah and I, I think sometimes that message is lost that the family radio is lost sometimes I think on radio still because you need to have yeah. a good relationship with your producer you know your yeah. editor your you, you do it's not going to work otherwise well I think if you can hear that a presenter is uptight if you can hear a mistake, because we listen to radio with radio ears. Mm-hmm. Listeners listening listen to radio for comfort, for company, for joy, mm-hmm. for as a mood lifter, mm-hmm. you know. So if you can hear a mistake, then something in the back room hasn't checked, checked and rechecked yeah. has not been that's my saying you've got to check it you've got to check it and then you've got to check it mm-hmm. so that obviously hasn't happened so somewhere between producer editor and presenter something got lost the, the pothole was too deep yeah. to get out of before the on-air delivery do you remember the very date you and i both met the very date because you came in um quite um no, some, somebody left previously before you and then you came yes. in quite hurriedly and we, and we, we, we secured you for the show, thankfully. Um, yeah. Do you remember the exact date? 
the exact date. The, the date yeah. does not sit in my mind. No. It's more experiences. Okay. So when someone says to me, and as you said, I've had a long career. When someone says to me, when did you start at Smooth? I go, right. I remember the experience in the lead up to it. Because mm. I, I love the feeling with the experience. So I can remember just about to sign with Magic. And then my boss at Magic going away and then getting a phone call saying, Tina Hobley on drive, on smooth. She she wants to just take some time out. Her kids are small and they're being affected. And I can remember mm. not even thinking that I was being made a job offer. I can remember saying, yes, I understand because I used to do drive on Magic and I know how it affected Morgan and Cameron, which is why I stopped it. So when I relive that experience, I have to count down the months and then I go, oh, yes, it was September. (laughs) Because the reason why I I, the reason why I remember is because a certain legend had passed away. On the which is like on the very day, which in in a sense, it sort of made I sort of made it, it sounds quite heartless, not made the show easier, but it was, it was, was it, nice and seamless because he had so much material. And so many people wanted to speak. Was it Dennis Brown? Yeah, 1st of July, 1999. Okay, okay. It, it's, it's always Dennis, and I remember that show, and I thought, wow, it was it's a Saturday. Yeah, because yeah. we had to just get people, so many people wanted to speak about this icon. So it kind of made, I guess, coming in, not not an easy show to do because someone had passed away and it's someone's family member, but it was great just, you know, playing the music and talking to people about their memories. But that's where mm. the family element of radio kicks in yeah. because I didn't know you. Mm. I just had to come and we had to make it work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, I also had to think right and get that Dennis Brown collection out because we weren't in the YouTube era we weren't in the Spotify era we weren't in the download era so I just had to get all my vinyl and all my CDs and go right let's do this it is coming back yes I do remember okay I do remember right so before further ado, because obviously I've got so many questions. You know, you, you've, mm. you've lived a, a, an exciting, living an exciting life. Uh, very inspirational to many. What would be, because I know you love reggae, <laughs> for some reason, mm. and I think I know one person who you're going to choose. Oh, when I asked go, you, go, could go. you do, a, do three classics? I thought, I'm going to ask for two, because I know one of them is going to be this guy. But uh, who would be your first, your, your first um, radio reggae classic and why? Isn't it interesting because you've just brought back a memory to me and I do have a Dennis Brown song. So I'm going to actually start with um, Dennis Brown and Someone Special. Oh. Um, I I was going to go with Money in My Pocket because that charted. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to go with Ain't That Loving You Mm -hmm. um, because I remember when Alton Ellis sang it and then Dennis Brown did it. And Alton Ellis was one of our guests on the Three Counties show. I don't know yes, if you remember of that. Course, of course, Right. So, and, you know, you're asking me for three songs and I'm like, Erica, how can you do this to me? It's you cruel, know? isn't it? Just three. It it's is cruel. Very cruel. <laughs> you're a wicked woman, Erica. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Dennis Brown, Someone Special. And why is that? Dennis was gifted beyond and he started his career as a very, very young boy and he used to tour the island um, as a young, young guy. And I think when you looked back into Dennis's history, because of how long he had been working, performing, travelling around Jamaica, singing, you automatically get this impression that he was a lot older than he was. And the you know i loved the song let me down easy i loved no man is an island i loved rocking time oh my gosh now that we're talking you know maybe we should do a dennis brown hour (laughs) um so many songs but the reason i go with someone special someone special it is a love song 
you can understand and feel every word. Dennis sings it with passion and with feeling. It just happens to be on the platform of a reggae beat. Does that make sense? Of course. And that voice. Oh, my gosh. Well, we have it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I love about Dennis. Love songs, man. Love yeah. songs, man. And, hey, yeah, man. the other person that we're going to talk to, he is, he is exactly the same. I will say. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's Dennis Brown and someone special. day now is a lot more organized, uh, structured, and peaceful than it has been in a long, long time. Um, I took the drive show with a lot more ease on smooth Mm. than I did at Magic because my girls are now older. Uh, Yes, I I can't... um... Going. When I first met you, I believe you just had your eldest girl, and she was yeah. little, little, yeah. and uh, yeah. So to now, you now have two young ladies. I do feel old. <laughs> yeah, well, they're they're nineteen and twenty two now. Oh gosh. Um. So my eldest works, and so her getting home at six o'clock, and mummy not being there. Mm. 
is probably a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> so she has her little bit of time, chills out, and then mum gets home at 7.30. And it's the same with my youngest. She's in performing arts. Mm. She leaves college at 6, gets home at 7. So it's actually quite nice that the girls have a bit of time for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can chill out before mum gets home and starts moaning. And, <laughs> you <laughs> as, know what I mean? As you mums do, that's fine. <laughs> uh, as mums do. Um, but I have a very, very structured day. So Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, I either do my own form of exercise or I go out for a walk. And then I tend to do come home, if I've been out for the walk, come home, shower, get myself ready. And then I try to get as much admin as I can done by about 11 o'clock. Mm. And then I like to prepare the evening meal mm. so that when the girls come in, there's something for them to eat. And I have up until about 1.45. So I have a lot of time on my hands. Sometimes I go and take my mum shopping. Um, I moved back to be near my mum. My mum's in her late 80s. And I like to utilise my time. And I think this is where my church upbringing comes in. Um, There's a scripture that says, to whom much is given, much is expected. And we tend to narrow those things down, whether it be money whether it be um gifts whether it be you know a job so um i know quarter to two i will be out the house i'll either walk to the station or if i haven't seen my mum i will drive past her house stop in make sure she's okay and then i'll park at a different station where the journey into work is shorter yeah um because when i finish work at seven, straight home, phone off. That's my family That's your, time. your time. Yeah, definitely. You were the presenter of the A Force. Yeah. Which you know, I think <laughs> was was that was that the was that the mid nineties, mid to late nineties? Um, and yeah, of course, like again, there's a whole yeah. generation who won't have known the A Force or or known how much that show really just it broke boundaries. And although it was on late Friday evening, I didn't mind it because Friday nights were like, yeah, we can just chill, have a takeaway and watch the A-Force. How, how did you get that gig? And, and did you realise what you were getting into, you know, monumental-wise? Do you, you realise how much that would have meant looking back? No. Didn't have a clue. Mm. Didn't have a clue. How was it sold to you, this, um, this show? I was doing breakfast on choice. Someone came to me and said, have you heard that the Beads doing these programmes, blah, blah, blah. I went and auditioned. I was knackered. I was getting up at half four, five in the morning, going and doing this breakfast show on choice. Absolutely knackered. Went off and did this audition. And honestly, Erica didn't even give it a second thought. When I got called back, I laughed. I'm not going to lie. Went back again and they said, we'd like to offer it to you. And I went, really? Didn't even think, Erica. Didn't even think. So so what Um, did you do in the audition? What did you have to do? Did you read? Did you have to do auto I read. I read. And we did like a mock-up kind of piece. Piece of camera, yeah. Um, and it, you know, and I didn't even think mm. it, it. And I think that's probably why I got it. Because I think sometimes when you go for something, you can overact, you can mm. overdo it. Yeah. I think maybe because I was so relaxed, maybe it just flowed. Yeah. Best, um, w- best way. Yeah, but, you know, I look back now. And yes, it was groundbreaking. Yes, it was good. But it wasn't, looking back on it now, uh, I would have done things differently, a lot differently. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm very honoured and it's on my CV and I'm very honoured. And, you know, I thank God for every move in my career. The stuff that I'm very proud at. Mm even some of the shows and 
photographs and things that I cringe at. Mm -hmm. It's all part of the portfolio. If an opportunity like that were to present itself to me again, I would be more savvy about what I was getting into, the creative control, and I wouldn't be afraid to say no. But I think that's the appeal. Like you say, you, Captain Hindsight is always great, isn't it? But we, yes. I think sometimes we, because not that you didn't care, you, you were quite casual and that sort of comfortability yeah. came across. And maybe they didn't want someone who was staged or quite experienced in yeah. TV and could auto-cue the life out of a script. Sometimes it just it just went naturally and that's and you were a new face. And it, it showed on TV how comfortable you were. It's like you were born I in front know. of the camera. So so what, what would you have so when you say creative control, what what sort of how so? What what sort of things happened to make you say that? Well, I just think let let's bring it up to current day. Yeah. And I'm just talking generally on media per se, which is why I'm more given my all to radio. Because when you're behind that mic, you have to deliver. Nobody can deliver for you. With television, if you're part of a group, part of a show, part of a lineup, you have to flow with other people. And if you don't flow, I think that can be seen on TV. Mm -hmm. Radio, it's different. It's a passion. It's a delivery that comes from the heart. It's the, it's theater of the mind. So you can really pull people in with your passion, with your honesty. Um, I watch TV now. And sometimes I do think, oh, my goodness, is that person comfortable? Oh, that didn't come across quite right. Oh, watching this is quite painful. Do you understand where yeah. I'm coming from? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I say if the opportunity were to present itself again to do television, I'd be more vocal about what I... You know, I wouldn't be afraid to say, I don't think that works. Mm. Or can we do it this way? Or... As I say, extremely honoured to have been a part of that A-Force. All part of the journey. And I also think as well with social media. If we had social media then, mm -hmm. while you were doing the A-Force, remember it's your first TV role, so you're finding your feet. And you hadn't mm -hmm. really had anybody in front of you, I'm assuming, you know, someone who you could have looked up to. Apart from, mm -hmm. Trevor, apart from Trevor McDonald or somebody like that. But yep. um, Moira, no one, yeah, yeah or Moira. Uh, so if you had, let's say, a Twitter back then, you think you'd have coped? Being how cruel Twitter can be. Yeah, 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 I hear you, I hear you. Do you know that's a really interesting question? Because we loved it. I, the community, the black community loved it. Oh, they absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. But it's, it's not the, the, the black community yeah. that I'm actually focusing on right exactly. now. Exactly. It's the community who do not support black people. Mm. So that's a really interesting yeah. question. Could I have coped? The answer to that is I don't know. Yeah. And I'll take it further. There is a reason why there wasn't Twitter back then. Mm. Even now, you know, I, I look at my tweets and I go by the adage of if you're not going to say it to the person's face, don't put it out there on Twitter. There don't go. do it. Perfect. And, and, I'm, and I'm very, very clear about that. Perfect example, at the time of this podcast going out, mm -hmm. Lorraine Kelly interviewed Meghan Markle's boyfriend from She Was 13. Oh. Um, and and I have a lot of respect for Lorraine Kelly yeah. for the length of time that she has been in the industry. Yeah, exactly. She was one of my top 10 women on International Women's Day. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, so my tweet was slightly confused as to why Lorraine Kelly is talking to Meghan Markle's boyfriend from she was 13. I, I remember. Now, I, rem I remember, and I was with you on that. Yeah. Now, 
Jack not having a go at Lorraine because that's probably something that her editor told her to do. You know, a group of people probably sat around in a meeting and said, right, what are we going to do on the show tomorrow morning? Mm. Let's get Meghan Markle's girls. Let's get Meghan Markle's boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Lorraine might have said, why? But the decision maker might have said, do it. That wasn't attacking the decision. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, I'm slightly confused as to why this is happening. And I was. So it's in in answer to your question and going back, could I have coped? Probably not with the lack of support for the black community Mm. and, and how it would have been put out there had Twitter been around at the time. Yeah. Let's go for your second choice. Oh, reggae. Oh, is it is it coming? Is it coming? Okay. <laughs> okay. I am going to go with Beris Hammond. Ooh. And there are a number of reasons why I'm going to go with Beris. Not only because I think he is a gifted performer. Mm-hmm. Not only because he has a catalogue that is so vast, because he didn't always start out singing reggae music. He used to sing a lot of soft soul, Mm. um, and then he switched to reggae music. Mm. But the main reason, Erica, is because when you and I worked together, Beris came to the UK, Mm. and the promoter at the time said to me, would you like to do a Beris Hammond concert in Luton? And I was like, oh, I can't do a Beris Hammond concert. I can't. I, I'm not a promoter. Well, <laughs> and I said, Erica, Erica, I've been offered Beris Hammond. What should we do? Oh. Where should we put it? <laughs> and you said to me, there's a place on Upper Sunway Street. It's called yeah. Venue 27. You, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Do you remember it? See the very, and it's no longer there. It's a fantastic venue. Yeah. Oh, Perfect. my God. I said, but Erica, I don't know Luton. I don't know. Because I was in London. You lived in Luton. Yeah. Yeah. It's the epicenter. Anyway. It's the epicenter, Luton, Bedfordshire. Okay. <laughs> I know you don't so agree. I got, <laughs> oh. No, listen, I, I used to love coming up to Luton. There was a time I was seriously thinking of moving up there. Oh, okay. Um, because it's 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 a vast community. It's, it you is. know, everybody's on there. Yeah, man. So I got the details for venue twenty seven, and I spoke to the owner, and I said, um, I've, I've got this artist called Beris Hammond. He went, never heard of him. <laughs> I said, oh, um, he has the songwriting skills of Bernie Taupin, who writes for Elton, Elton. John. I said, and he's as sexy as Tom Jones. <laughs> Did that sell? That must have sold it. And he said to me, all right, come and see me. <laughs> and I can remember, because uh, the girls were little at the time. They were, in fact, no, no, only Morgan was born. Yeah, it's Morgan. Uh, so I can remember saying to my mum, oh, can you look after Morgan? I've got to go up to Luton, blah, blah, blah. And I went to see this guy and I looked at the venue and he said, right. He goes, the max is 6.50. And I said, well, he's going to draw in a lot more than 6.50. Mm. I'll never forget this, Berica. He said, all right, uh, be it on your end, but you can have it. And... Then you and I started working on this. We did. You know, and I said... It's one of those it, things it, where you you may never be asked to do again. And that absolutely. one of the memories what etched in my mind because he, he, he was lovely. And and it oh. was, and as we envisioned, it did draw so many, so many people to come and see him from far and wide. And I don't know if you remember this, but Beres said to us, well done. Yes, I do. He, he just said, well done. He said, but um, he said, you're going to get it. He said, this, this for, a, for a first promotion, it was polished. He said, and um, he goes, you're going to get it. He said, but just don't, don't. Oh, he was lovely. He was lovely. He was lovely. But anyway, I had asked 
poor groovy little thing and it wasn't on the sunset. Yeah. And in the middle of the concert, out of nowhere, he just said, I want to dedicate this song to my new girlfriend. And her name's Angie Greaves. And that's why that song always sticks in my mind. And here it is, from Beris to Angie. <laughs> groovy little thing. It's always good to hear Beris. It can never be a bad day. Oh, oh dear. I won't start you off again. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> um, of course, as we are witnessing a change in the world, perhaps you may, you may think differently since the, the death of George Floyd a year ago now. Gosh. Mm. The world appears to be changing in terms of race. We're having a conversation we're seeing more people, I guess, who look like us on TV, which more than we did when yeah. we were growing up. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think? You think do you think we're seeing a change? Do you think it's a good or a bad thing that the world's now changing? And if, if so, is it for the, the better points that it's changing? Okay. Um, firstly, I don't like talking about the death of George Floyd because it, means we've got to talk about who murdered him and I refuse to call that man's name I try to be as positive as possible if you can be in a situation like this 
So I just say that the day George Floyd's light went out, something I don't think any of us were expecting to see on social media, and isn't it amazing how the world saw that one video? Isn't it just amazing? But what really struck me, Erica, was that people all over the world, all colours, all nations, all races, countries that you didn't expect to have Black Lives Matter marches were going out there in force. Mm -hmm. Australia, who's not the most warm country towards black people, you know, Aborigines, Historically, you know, they were having Black Lives Matter marches. Syria, in the midst of all the issues in Syria, they were having Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter marches. Italy, France, Spain, Thailand. It was in every corner of the earth. And I think it was a wake-up call to the powers that be. Not just that they should be a bit more open-minded about who they hire, why they hire them, and they shouldn't just reflect images of themselves. But it was a case of, I think even we as black people were like, wow, there's been a silent support for us. Mm-hmm. Look at this. It, it, it was just amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. I think what happened in the midst of George Floyd's light going out was not just the support people and people of colour to be in all areas of industry, not just media. But I think it also woke up the powers that be. But we've got to remember, Erica, that racism is systemic. It's not something that just reared its head a few weeks ago. It's been going on for centuries. It's been going on for decades. And it's a system that is so locked in that there are some people that don't even realize that they're being racist because they are in a system so example being if you work in a company and let's say there are eight floors and floors six seven and eight are the managerial uh, floors Mm -hmm. and there's only white people on those floors. If you walk into a company and that is an established rule, then that's the rule that you play by. So not everybody actually recognizes it. Not everybody sees it. They just walk into a system. There are those that see it and then they need to decide whether to open their mouth. Because it's systemic, let's take that same company and let's take a lovely guy called Gary, white guy who's married to Beverly, black girl, Mm -hmm. not being judgmental. I'm just generalizing Mm -hmm. here. Let's assume that Gary is sitting talking to his mates who in this company have been groomed into believing that it's the norm to be derogatory against black people. Gary has to decide just at that moment, do I tell these guys that my wife's black? Mm -hmm. Is this going to cost me a promotion? Is this going to stop me being invited out for drinks? If I go out for drinks and I go to the loo, are they going to talk about me? Mm. When I'm going home, who are they going to say I'm going home to? If they are in this system where it is the norm, speak about black people in a derogatory way and then there's the third level of the system erica where there are those who see the system acknowledge the system and they like it that way because it keeps them powerful and that's why that policeman was able to do what he did to george floyd he was he thought he was protected he, he, well, he is still protected. What he didn't expect, because remember, this man, whilst leaning on George Floyd's neck, mm-hmm. looked into the camera of people that were filming him. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that if there was a cartoon bubble above his head, it would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. What he didn't expect 
was the turning event. Mm -hmm. What he didn't expect was the uproar. What he didn't expect was the outcry, not just from black people, but from all people saying, no, this ain't right. Because when I pick up my phone to go on TikTok or Instagram or I want to laugh, I want to see fashion, I want to see kids, I want to see highlights of a TV program. I don't want to see somebody's last breath. So I do think in the unfortunate event of George Floyd's light going out and his poor daughter growing up without her dad, there's a beautiful meme of her saying, my daddy changed the world. Yes, he did. But unfortunately, she's got to grow up without her daddy because he changed the world. When I hear the radio, when I see people on TV, there are a lot more faces of colour. Some, and some will say, <laughs> it's about time. Um, some, again, if you read social media, they get into your head. Some will say, hang on a minute, this is too much. Now, of course, depending... I always think, you know, you, you can have a knee-jerk reaction to things. And if that person who's in the job can do the job brilliantly, then why not give them a chance? Why not? But don't just put people in places because you have to fill the quota. Are you sort of, not sort of, are you glad that, you know, you were you reached your level of success prior to all of this? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because you were chosen for... I always say, you may not see my face, but you've heard my voice for a long time. And Ashley Tabor from Global, he hired me before George Floyd. And that's why I will always respect his decision to hire me for my skill and not to put a bit of colour on the smooth lineup. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I do watch uh, some TV and I do think sometimes, although it's great to see all sorts of people, whether you're young, old, middle, you know, black, white, brown, whatever, it's good to see an array of people because that's our society. Absolutely. But, you know, I'd like to see a woman of colour do what Lorraine does. Mm. There are many of us there. You know, I think Brenda Imanis would be brilliant. Do you Brenda know I Imanis. Mean? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Now you're talking the close show. I mean, there are some Hello. people now who weren't even born when this lady first made yeah. history on TV. Yeah. Do you think we need more people at the top? Absolutely. Which would probably, you know, slither the, down into the, yeah, the general. As, as human beings, we gravitate towards images of ourselves. Mm. I think what needs to happen is decision makers need to be honest enough. I'm not going to say brave enough because if you're talented, you're talented, but they need to be honest enough about how they want to see a company reflected. So when you get somebody in at ground level, do you have plans for them to go up to the top or is the plan just to go up to level five? Do you think obviously you're the face and the voice we're, we, we've known you for many years mm. do you think your future lies in the in that top tier on the other side i i often think about it what i would probably do what i would like to do at the moment i'm getting my my youtube channel set up i'm getting my podcast I'm getting the kind of what Quenchy Greaves' little media empire going. I'd love to train people so that, you know, they can then go into companies with the skills because they've been trained by a black person. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that there are times I do think about, you know, going upstairs, as they call it. Mm -hmm. um, will the majority be more like um, the third level of systemic racism. Will I be blocked? Will I be ignored? Will life be made hard for me to make decisions? Will I be trusted? Will I just be there, be the face of the black person? This is why I say, if it's going to happen, 
you know, I, I probably more think about it happening at Smooth because I was poached from magic for my skill, mm. not because George Floyd died, because it happened, you know, a good year before. So if it was going to happen, that's probably where I would do it. But I'd love to do some little training days for some kids to go into the media. And also, Erica, media is changing a lot. Yes, definitely. And there are a lot of young black entrepreneurs. They're not waiting. Mm. They're going and getting their cameras and their ring lights. And they're downloading their, you know, editing systems. They're starting on iMovie and then they're moving up to Mm. all these really sophisticated programs that are allowing them make programs visual and audio they're doing their podcast they're using um social media for good things so you know maybe maybe a lot of these young very vibrant black creative people maybe they can bring some ideas to mainstream media yeah i mean of course your your daughters are perfect example oh, because they're gosh. because they're in the age range of well the next generation yeah your, your youngest is a performing artist she's an actor isn't she so my youngest is in a performing arts school yeah and it pains me to say this but in 2021 she's the only black person in her year Do you know i was listening to or i think i read about um kelly she's who used to be an eternal now on loose women Kelly Bryan. Kelly yeah. Bryan, I forget her last name. And even when she went to the same school yeah. as your daughter, she said the same thing. Now, Kelly yeah. Bryan is now in her mid to late 40s. And it's, look at that. Wow. Nothing has changed. Now, don't get me wrong. I give her the tools to deal with it. Mm. And I say, you are as creative and you are as talented as anyone else. So you go out there and you just shine. Yeah. But she gets the odd comment, oh, you know, rich mummy and daddy. Oh, or are you on the scholarship? And I say to her, don't be angry. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. And it's their loss. Yeah. It's their loss. But it's, it's a very real situation. Um, and I said to my daughter, you know, after you've got your scholarship, take some time out and I did say this to her at the beginning little did I know she would have to take time out because of the pandemic so I just said you know take some time out breathe get your mind get your spirit get your strength back up because the battle's going to continue when you go out there but it is changing and it and it is slowly changing I said to somebody last week on a podcast, Erica, before we recorded this one the first time, mm-hmm. she said to me, if your ancestors could look at you now, what would they say? Now, I lost my dad recently. He was 94. Yeah. He was the youngest of 10. My granddad was 50 when my dad was born. My dad was born in 1926. That means my granddad was born in 1876, wow. Erica. Wow. My oldest sister's 71, you know what I mean? And then, then there's Angela in her 50s, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think my granddad would say, Ange, well done. Everything I went through, you, you know, you've just taken it. Every comment, every insult, every injustice. You're shining, girl. You're shining. And that's what I've got to say to my daughters. I said, if there was any way that my granddad could be sent um, an iPhone, you know, (laughs) to watch me. Yeah. So we are making strides. We are making differences. But there's still a lot more work to be done. And it is a shame that George Floyd's light had to go out for people to see just how much work needs to be done and what does keep you going because i know there's some days you think oh not again you know, erica so what what does keep you going is it your children is it the fact that you know you are in the place because you earned your right to be there what keeps you going okay my kids first and foremost and it's not just because i'm in a well-paid job and i can buy them things but it's for them to see that mummy is working. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for them to see that women can work. And Erica, I'm just going to say this there, but for the grace of God, 
America, I started on Spectrum. I went to Choice. Choice being what it was deemed in the industry, statistically, that's where my career should have stopped. Yeah. Does that make sense? Of course it does. Of course. So just to get a call saying, do you want to come and try this show at the Beeb? Yeah. And then, you know, bumping into someone and saying, oh, hi, I'm doing some work at the Beeb. Yeah, I heard you because I started off at Capital Radio, as you know, as a secretary. So, you know, and then you just bump into people that you worked with over the years. Oh, can you cover so-and-so on Jazz FM? Oh, Jazz FM's turning to Smooth. Can you do some cover? Because this is my second time at Smooth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And then, oh, Ange, um, listen, I don't know what you like at speech, but so-and-so's off on LBC. Are you free? Yeah, let me just take Morgan to nursery. Yeah, because I was pregnant with Cameron. Yeah, let me just take Morgan to nursery. Yeah, yeah. I say thank you, Father. Um, I do believe that communication is my gift. I got my oratory skills from my dad mm-hmm. and I got my feistiness from my mom. But it's I a good combination. Where... It's a good combination because <laughs> you need to have both in this industry, I think. Yeah, I understand. There you go. Um, I just think some days, Erica, when like you say, oh God, here we go again. And I get on that tube or I drive in and I walk through the stations and I say hi to everybody and I do my preparation for my show because Smooth is national. So I like to do specific links for Scotland, North East, Lake District, North West, East Midlands, you know, Northamptonshire, Peterborough, West Midlands, London. I like to do that. Can I open that mic, Erica? Yeah. And however I was feeling seconds before, it's gone. Oh, it just disappears, just, doesn't it? Yeah. it it's because I, I do believe I'm on a mission. Mm. Yeah. You're a, in this, and believe. you are a great messenger as well. Because I, you just, I, I think you cut out uh, just a little bit before, but you were talking about you've got your podcast coming and your YouTube channel, which is brilliant. Yeah. Now, I, I've always seen you. I don't say as a next Oprah, but I, I've always seen you in that vein, as in on your own network. But as in, you know, I, it's nice to have someone on the chat show, one who is female, two who we, who is a black woman, because you you'll ask different perspective of questions. Yeah, it will and, just. And I would say as well, a little older, yeah. so that there's no fear of asking certain questions. And all I can say to you, Erica, about that is. I don't know why that hasn't happened. I went up for Loose Women years ago. I don't know why it didn't happen. Um, Do you want it to happen? Are you glad it didn't happen? If they called you now and you said, Ange, so-and-so, Kay, you know, Kay is not well. God forbid, but, you know, do you want to come on board? I, I would think about it. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Hmm. I would think about it. Because a profile will be huge. I, I definitely think about it. I won't lie. I would definitely think about it. Yeah, it's an opportunity, isn't it? Why, why would Absolutely. you not? Absolutely. But I think in the meantime, this is why it's important to get the YouTube channel set up, get some my own filming um, experiences set up, and not wait for someone to film me under their umbrella. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Get the... You know, I'm I'm not a whiz on social media, but I'm I'm enjoying doing a little bit more on it. Like when there's certain TV programs on, mm. I will tweet you along. Tweet about you know it. What I mean? Yeah, well, right. I think we're all learning. You, yeah. you never you never stop learning. If you do, that's a bad day. Yeah, I and I I have been told. Funnily enough, we're having this conversation. I have been told. You know, and do you think that you could be intimidating to? Um, some women in the industry, having had a radio career as long as I had, do you think then to step into TV shoes, it might put noses out of joint? My answer to that is, what a shame if that were the truth. Yeah. Is that the real question they're asking, you think? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I honestly don't know. 
I honestly don't know. But everything in time. Um, but today on the news, we hear, unfortunately, another another young person is suffering from mental health issues. As your profile rises, yeah. are you sometimes worried or does it even occur to you that how your profile or your personal life may be played out in public and what it may do to your mental health? Um, yeah, I do think about it. But what a shame if that's how we're going to drag people out in public. Mm. What a shame. You know, when I heard that Naomi Osaka pulled out of the French, yeah, French Open, yeah. I just thought, what a shame she's got to sit there in the back of her mind thinking, I hope they don't ask. I hope they don't ask. Mm. What am I going to say if they ask? What a shame that she's got to get her shield ready yeah. against the darts when she's just a gifted tennis player. Is that what media have become? Yeah. And I hate when they just shout people down. Not everyone is as great in front of the camera as other people. People are different. People have different stories to tell or they don't want and to everybody, tell. Everybody has different skills, um, Erica. Yeah. So, you know, at, at, at this age now, if I was in Naomi Osaka's shoes, Osaka's shoes and they decided to shout her down, I'd just say, you know what, take my racket, you go and play tennis as well as me. Go and play tennis as well as you shout me down. What is the skill, what is the skill behind making somebody feel like shit? Yeah. Is that really? Was I wasn't taught that when I was training mm. to be, you know, journalism and to, to, to do interviews. No. That's not what I was taught. No, not at all. So but, we've, got, we've got work to do. We've got yeah. work to do. So your final three, third tune rather. Oh, my God, like, Erica. You know, I, um, yeah, I love this one. I love them all, but this one, I, yeah. Okay, so I I wasn't sure. I mean, look, the last two that I chose were, were male. Yeah. And I wasn't sure whether to go for another male. I mean, there's so many reggae artists. I was going to go with Althea and Donna, Uptown Folk Ranking. You know, I was going to go with Marcia Griffith. Mm. I mean, there's so many artists. But I can remember my dad dancing with my mom to Susan Cadug and Hurt So Good. And uh, there's just something about this tune. I don't know what it is. I remember my dad also having the Millie Jackson version. But there's something about remembering mummy and daddy having parties. And you had to go to the parties because I didn't have no charminder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, can't we go to a party? Come and behave yourself. And you know, I mean? and you did. <laughs> you <laughs> made you sure did. you did. <laughs> and I can remember my mum and dad dancing to this, and it was lovely. Uh, oh, it was really it. nice. And of course, Susan yeah. Cadogan does hit a bit different. Millie's is good too, but Susan's voice—I I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just, just there. Silky and smooth, man. Lovely, yeah, lovely. And you have been fantastic as always you always make time for me and i'm so so because you know let me just say also you've been a you've been a i've known you what oh gosh 20 or what ninety i can't even do the maths i'm so thick uh, yeah <laughs> my eldest daughter's coming up to 23 oh don't because i remember yeah i we went to her birthday party yes <laughs> and to think yes. now this lady is driving she's old enough to vote has her own job or <laughs> It's oh, no. just, I, I feel a hundred years old. I feel like Gollum, uh, but you know I've known you for years, and you've always had time for me. You've always made time, and I can only thank you for that friendship. You're you're a, you're a great pleasure. girl, and I'm just watching your star just shine even brightly. Oh, my pleasure, Erica. Always uh, good talking to you. You too, darling. Have a fantastic day. I'm sorry you're late for your next call. Don't worry. But uh, oh, yeah. good. I'm talking to Erica Gordon, mate. Well, yeah, you tell them that, and if they say, let me show that they spell my name right. <laughs> Okay, my darling. Oh, God bless you, sweetheart. Care. Have a lovely, lovely day. Thank you, darling. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.